Well, we've been looking at this uh, topic of building families for His glory for a couple of weeks, and we're going to work. We're going to work through that series uh, all the way up to almost Christmas, <clears throat> and it is November already, by the way. Uh, but we last week, if you remember, we looked at the topic of husband love your wife. And so, if you were here for the first time, uh, and you were not here last week. Uh, before I start preaching about the wives, you need to know that I did preach to the husbands, all right? And so you probably need to go back and listen to that message, but you will find that we're going to touch on it again uh, from last week's message. We're going to bring some of that into this week's message as well. And we'll start here where last week as we talked to the husbands and talked about the topic was husband, love your wife, we went to Ephesians chapter 5. And in Ephesians chapter 5, we learned that the husband is to love his wife in a way just as Christ loves the church. So that love, as we saw last week, is a sacrificial love. It is a shepherding love. It is a sincere love. It is a secure love where we're committed to our wives and we treat her as a precious treasure. And so today we are going to flip the script and we're going to say, okay, wife, we said husband, love your wife. Now, wife love your husband. And so to be on the safe side, I gave Angie my, my notes and told her to take a look at them and to take anything out she didn't want me to say, all right? And so let me just say at the beginning, in conclusion, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. For I am blessed beyond all measure to have a godly wife who loves the Lord Jesus and who is very patient with me. Uh, so I'm grateful for her. But the scripture, as we look at the scripture, of course, the scripture, what we need to know about the word of God is that it is powerful. Amen? The word of God is powerful. Not only that, but it also points to Jesus. But the scripture is also practical. It gives us wisdom. It helps us to understand how we are to live this life of following after Jesus, to be his disciple. And, and we see that specifically here practically as we think about marriage. And so what we have said in the past, we say today as well, is that the husband and wife are a team that has been brought together by the Lord that is for his glory. Now today as we think about wives specifically, there's one theologian who said this about women. He said the model of women in hedonistic naturalism is that she's the bunny or the plaything. In feminist ideology, she is the self-sufficient career woman. In romanticism, she is the fairy princess or maiden in distress waiting to be rescued. But in biblical faith, she is the partner in ministry with her husband. And so that's what we're looking at here is that from the biblical point of view, a wife and a husband, and we look at them and we see that this is a picture, as we'll see in just a few minutes, a picture of Christ and the church. And so we see that she is... Uh, with her husband as a partner in ministry for the glory of God. And so we're going to look again at Ephesians 5, just a few verses there at the very beginning of, of uh, the section we looked at last week, verses 22 through 24. And then we're going to flip over to Proverbs 31. Some of you may have been anticipating that, and yes, we are going to look at that passage in verses 10 through 31, which is the virtuous wife or the excellent wife. Uh, as we see in that passage. So in honor reverence to the Word of God, if you would please stand as I read these passages of Scripture, uh, Ephesians 5 first, and then moving over to the Old Testament to Proverbs. And I'll tell you that I'm, I'm always more nervous talking to wives than I am ever to husbands, okay? 
But it is the Word of God. So let's just establish that, all right? All right, very good. All right, so let's look at Ephesians 5, 22 to 24. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, is also Christ as head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Then you skip over to Proverbs 31, picking up in verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She's like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it from her profit. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor, yet she reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all of her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. And indeed, Father, we know that it does speak to us. And as we speak specifically today to wives, Lord, we know that your word applies to all of us. And so, Lord, may we heed it in our own hearts and our lives. And specifically, we think about our families today, that our families would indeed be ideals of what you have set aside to portray Jesus and the church. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be the men and women of God you've called us out to be, to have marriages, to have homes where you are central in all things, where we're committed to you first and foremost. Lord, let us walk away from here today with a renewed sense of that commitment. Lord, to be committed to you, and then, Father, then to our spouses and to our families. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd guide us and direct us and to see what that looks like from your word today. And, Lord, may you raise us up to the place where we need to be, to be men and women who love you first and foremost, but be specifically with our wives today as we look at what that is to love your husband. And so, Father, I pray that you'd guide and direct in all that's said and done. Lord, if there are those here today that don't know you as Lord and Savior, that this would be that moment where they would come to know Jesus as the Savior of their life because you love her and love us and have given yourself for us. I thank you, Father, for the privilege to be able to be here, and I pray that you'd work in all of our hearts to challenge us, to change us, to transform us, uh, to be the people of God you want us to be. Let us walk away here from here today knowing that we have been in your presence. Lord, now may the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, you see the outline for today's message, and the first thing that we're going to see here as we think about this wife, love your husband, is wife love your husband with devotion. Wife love your husband with devotion. Now last week, you remember, we started telling the little quip about the woman uh, who had had a dream about husbands and how they were all selling at great rates except her husband, 
like hers, husbands like hers, who were being gathered in bunches and sold for a dollar a bunch. You remember that, and that we established that surely there were no husbands like that here. Well, it's only fitting that we also hear what someone has said about wives. Someone said this about wives, that they are the opposite of fishermen. They brag about the ones that got away and complain about the one that they caught. Now, I know that there are no wives like that here either. Amen? All right, good. I heard a very loud woman's voice say amen. Praise the Lord. Very, very, very much women on that one, so praise the Lord. So today, let's look at a biblical wife. We really need to start back where we were last week. And so as Paul was speaking to the husband and wife, he sets quite the standard for the men. Now, we established that last week. And in reality, we're really going to deal with that more today as well. Uh, because you really need to understand what the Lord says about how men are to love their wives in order to adequately speak about how the wife is to love her husband. And so what we find here is that uh, the, wife's response, the wife's love for her husband is in response to his love for her. And so that's what we find in this passage of Scripture. That just as the husband is to love his wife with such a great love, a love that is, that is like Christ loving the church, so the wife must also return that love and return that devotion to her husband just as the church does to Christ. So let's just, let's just push the pause there, thinking about husbands and wives for just a minute, and let's think about the church in Christ. So when we think about marriage, marriage is like an image or a copy or a model or a picture that stands for something more than a man and a woman becoming one flesh. You see, marriage reveals the relationship between Christ and the church and how Christ and the church relate to each other, how Christ loves the church and the church loves Christ. So that's what we're looking at here. And so when people see a marriage, a Christian marriage, they need to be able to see in you, in your home, in your marriage, what it looks like between Christ and the church. So what we know about that is that Jesus loves the church. Jesus gave his life for us. Amen? Jesus died for us. He loves us selflessly. He left the glory and the splendor of heaven for us to be able to be reconciled to God. He loves us selflessly. He loves us sacrificially. He gave of himself on the cross of Calvary. He loves us unconditionally. He loves us as, a lo- as he shepherds us and he protects us and, and he wants us to be holy and pure. He loves us sincerely and he loves us securely. He is committed to his love for us. We are secure in him. And so now as we think about the church, as the bride of Christ, how do we respond to that kind of love of, a, of Jesus for us? Well, we love him. We love him because he first loved us. Amen? We love him. And we are devoted to him. And we will follow him. And we're going to follow his leadership. And we're going to submit to him. Well, why would we want to do that for Jesus? Well, because we trust him. We trust him. And why do we trust him? We trust the Lord because we know that Jesus wants what's best for us. We know that we are confident of his love for us, his love for us, and we are secure in him. 
And so just as we think about Christ and the church, we must see marriage as, of husband and wife as a copy of the marriage between Christ and his bride, the church. And so that's why we find in Ephesians 5, through 24, these words, Wife, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so that the wives be to their own husbands is everything. We see the love that Christ has for the church is the same kind of love that the husband is to have for the wife. And just as the church is to love love the Savior, so the wife is to love the husband. A wife is to love her husband and submit to her husband with a devotion for her husband because of that, the very same reasons that we just listed. And that is that she knows her husband loves her. She knows of his commitment to her. She knows he's, that he is placing himself before her. And she trusts him. Now, when you have that kind of love from your husband, it is easy for you to submit to his leadership and to love him with that kind of devotion. Now, this idea of submission and this idea of devotion to your husband is not archaic. It is not far-fetched. It is not outdated. When you, husband, are loving your wife just as Christ loved the church. Amen? Come on now. See, husband, you thought I was going to just do with you last week. No, we're going to hit you again today, all right? You see, husband, your leadership to your wife, yes, you're accountable to the Lord. But you need to understand that you're the head of the home and that you have a leadership in the home. But your leadership, always understand this, that your leadership in your home is always loving as Christ loves the church. Your leadership is never dictatorial. It is not condescending, nor is it patronizing. It's not saying, hey, I'm the husband, and you're going to fall in line because I say so. No, that's not how Christ loves the church, is it? And so, that's, so and in the same way, in the same vein, the wife doesn't show her love to the husband by cowering to his leadership or being slave, a slave to her husband's demands. So just as the church submits herself to Christ due to her love for the Lord, just so wife, love your husband with a devotion. You're devoted to him and only him. Ephesians 5.22 again. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. You're devoted to him. Just as the church only has one groom, Jesus, so does the wife to the husband. You only have the one. Be faithful to love devotedly your one husband. That's the practice. That is the practice. That's the principle of loving with this devotion. But then also, when we move to Proverbs 31, we see the description of a wife's devotion uh, to her husband and to her family. And so we pick that up in verses 10 through 12. It says in verses 10 through 12, Who can find a virtuous or excellent wife? For her worth is far above rubies, greater than treasure. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he'll have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. And so the key words there in those three verses are found in verse 11, are they are heart and trust. There's a love and trust between the husband and the wife. So marriage is a matter of commitment where there is absolute love and trust between the husband and the wife. She loves him devotedly. In biblical faith, as we said, the husband loves the wife like Christ loves the church. And so the wife loves the husband devotedly so that he trusts her completely. There's no question in the husband's mind of unfaithfulness, but rather there is love and there's commitment and there is devotion. 
Verse 12 even goes further and says, She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She does him good. She does it. She, there's no evil from her to him. But rather what she does is she encourages him. She comforts him and she is faithful to him. And so that is the devotion that we see here. The, the, devotional, the kind of love that is a devotional type of love. The husband loves the wife as Christ loves the church, and she is devoted to her husband just as the church is to Christ. And we find with a woman of faith that who is a biblical marriage that this woman, as she lives this out for her husband, is devoted to him. The Bible says her husband praises her. Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praises her. What that says to me is that the man recognizes that when his wife is devoted to him and loves him in this manner, he recognizes that he is a blessed man. He is a blessed man. I am here to tell you, Angie's going to hate me for doing this, I'm here to tell you that I am a blessed man by my wife. Now, does that mean that I'm always loving her like Christ loved the church? I don't think she would tell you, but I know she would tell me that I don't always do that. But she is patient with me anyway, and she is devoted to me. Wife, your husband's not always going to be what he's supposed to be. But love him with that great devotion, just as church, the, the, the church is to love Christ. Even though Christ is always faithful, sometimes we're not as men, as husbands. We need to work harder as men and husbands, for sure. But the wife is to be devoted and love him with that great devotion. And the man recognizes that he is blessed. By her. The second thing we see here, wife, love your husband with this devotion, but also secondly, love your wife with a delightful diligence. With a delightful diligence. So just as the church delights in being diligent in her relationship to Christ, the church delights, we delight in serving alongside Christ for the Lord, and we delight in walking with the Lord, we delight in being in a relationship with the Lord, so the wife is to delight in being diligent and serving with her husband and walking with her husband, being in a relationship with her husband, and being diligent to her husband. She loves her husband, and her love is revealed through that which she does in her lifetime with him by her side. Now remember, as we talk about this, that they are a team together. Husband and wife are teams together. They are partners together. That we are with them. So love your husband in a delightful diligence as you work. Verses 13 through 15, we see some of that description here. It says, she, works, she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She's like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She, verse 27, she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Well, Pastor, you have just really ruined my whole day now because you're saying I've got to get up before they get up. I've got to work. I've got to do all these things. I've got to you know, go to the ships. I've got to bring her food from afar, all these kinds of things. no. That's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying here is that she does not eat the bread of idleness. She's a hard worker. She's not lazy. But rather, she watches over the ways of her home because she loves her family and she loves her husband. In verse 13, we see that she works willingly. tells us there, willingly works with her hands. So her diligence in serving and working is a matter of compassion and not of compulsion. She delights in her work. 
She willingly works with her hands. So why, if you love with that willingness to work, delight with the, the willingness working with your hands is literally delighting with the delight of her hands. So she is in, enjoyable as, as it's out of compassion for her husband and for her family, not out of compulsion. When he loves her as Christ loves the church, she loves her husband. And she wants to please him in the way that she works. Her desire is to please him and to serve him. And it delights her to serve him. And it delights the wife to serve alongside him. And remember that it's not, as we talk about serving, understand we're not talking about you're waiting on him as a slave would a master. Absolutely not. No, understand that this serving goes both ways. That is, the, the husband loves his wife sacrificially and shepherding her, loving her sincerely and securely, placing her above himself and treating her as a precious treasure that's worth far above rubies or any treasure. He is serving her. But just, then also we recognize that Christ serves the church. So just as Christ loves the church, the husband's to love the, the wife, Christ also serves the church. So the husband's to serve his wife. As we've talked about, Christ showed what real servanthood is given of himself for us the church serves him given of ourselves to him as well so just so the wife's desire is to serve her husband and in so doing it she cares for him she meets his needs and is the helper and the partner that god has orchestrated and has put together when there is a listen when there is a christ central christ-like love in the home there is a delightful diligence as you love your husband it's a delight to serve I remember reading a story one time about this fellow who was a, a tyrant as a husband, very dogmatic uh, toward his wife, and he demanded that his wife conform to rigid standards of his choosing. He had lists of things that she needed to do, that she must do, certain things for, for her as a wife and a mother and a homemaker that she needed to follow and that she needed to do. Well, in time, she came to despise him and his list of rules and regulations, and God in his mercy, some would say, uh, took him away. He died one day. But later, this same lady fell in love with another man and married him. And that was a whole different marriage where they was, there was joy. There was, they were believers together. And so she devoted herself to his happiness and welfare. And one day she ran across one of those sheets of the do's and don'ts of her first husband. And to her amazement, she found that she was doing for her second husband all the things that her first husband had demanded of her, even though her new husband had never once suggested them. And she did them only as an expression of love for him and a desire to please him. She had a delightful diligence of serving alongside with her husband and serving him, being devoted to him, and comforting and encouraging him. You know, often in today's culture, we talk of serving. We talk of submission by the, by the wives to the husbands, and a lot of folks get all bent out of shape. Uh, but again, you have to remember the context is seen in Ephesians chapter 5. The context of submissiveness and servanthood is that of real, sacrificial, sincere, secure, shepherding love of the husband for his wife. And it is the wife who is then returning that love with a submission and respect for her husband. In Ephesians 5.33, it tells us, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife but as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So as believers, you see that you are revealing to the world as a husband and wife the beautiful picture of Christ and the church. So wife, love your husband. 
with devotion and, and love your husband with delightful diligence. And thirdly, love your husband with a delivered disposition. A delivered disposition. Now, the wife that we read about in Proverbs 31, we've already said, is a woman of faith. And what we find in here is, is her character is devout. And that devout character is vitally important as she loves her husband. In verses 30 and 31, it says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. This woman, this virtuous wife, is a woman of faith. Women of faith are to have a delivered disposition, just as the church is to have a delivered disposition. Well, what does that mean? Well, when we come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we have been delivered. Amen? Church, when we come to know Jesus Christ as Savior of our lives, we are delivered. We're delivered from the power of sin. We're delivered from the penalty of sin. We're delivered from one day the presence of sin. We've been delivered from the bondage of darkness and of evil. We are delivered people. And as we are delivered people, they're, they're, as the Lord has changed us, He is transforming us from the inside out. And so what is on the inside manifests itself on the outside. So we have a disposition of somebody who has been delivered by Jesus Christ. So that's what we're talking about here. So wife, love your husband with a delivered disposition. You see, once the Lord Jesus delivers us, he changes us. He's transforming us to be more and more like him. So as a believing wife, as the Lord has saved you and he's delivered you, then you have a different disposition about you. And that's what we see in this woman here, a woman who has a different countenance about her. Unlike the wife or wives that are mentioned in other places in the book of Proverbs, for instance, in Proverbs 19.13 says, A foolish son is the ruin of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. I don't need to explain that, do I? In Proverbs 21.19, the wife here says, It's better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. I don't think he's talking about going hunting. I don't think that's what he's talking about. Because there's a lot of men who go hunting who have great wives, godly wives. But it's better to dwell in the wilderness than to have a contentious and a, than with a contentious and an angry woman. That's not a wife who has a delivered disposition, right? But wife, let's see, your character and your actions reflect how you have been and are being changed by the Lord Jesus who now dwells within you. So let's look in chapter 31 again and see some of the virtuous wife's disposition. Just a couple real quick things. In verse 20 and 21, we see this about her. Here's her disposition. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. What do we see here? That she is selfless. A wife who is selfless. This is, the, this is what we've seen that should be familiar to us because we've seen that in the Lord Jesus, who is selfless, who selflessly left the glory and the splendor of heaven to come for us. He selflessly, sacrificially came for us. So selfless means helping others. We see that here. She extends her hand to the poor. She reaches out her hands to the needy. She helps others, and she helps her family, and that her household is clothed with scarlet. She is helping others. This idea of being selfless, well, that's who Jesus is, amen? He is selfless. 
And so that is to be the husband, selfless. And that is to be the wife, selfless. Placing others before yourself. Husband, placing your wife before you. And wife, placing your husband before you. She is selfless. A deliberate disposition. Somebody who's been changed by Jesus. But then verse 23, we also see this about her. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Well, what does that say about her? That says that his wife has a solid standing in the community. That the man is able to sit in the gates with honor because he has a wife who is a woman of honor as well. Her reputation is golden. Her husband has a good name as she has a good name. If she didn't have a disposition that was a a good disposition, then he would not be able to sit in in honor in the gate. So this disposition, this countenance of being a follower of Jesus in your life as you love your husband, you love him selflessly, you have a solid standing, you're an honorable person. In verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. You are secure in your future. She shall rejoice in time to come means she smiles at the future because you know you have nothing to worry about that's around the corner. Why? Because you know that you belong to the Lord. And it's evident in your life that you belong to the Lord, that strength and honor are your clothing, it says in verse 25. This is a a wife loving her husband with this kind of countenance, with this kind of disposition, who is selfless, who have this solid standing in the community, a woman of honor, who is secure in her future. She's not afraid of what's coming because she knows the Lord. And in verse 26, it says that she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. And we're reminded of one who has been delivered by Jesus. They have the spiritual fruit. And so she bears spiritual fruit throughout her life. Galatians 5, through 26 tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You can apply all those, wife, as to loving your husband. And also, husband for your wife as well, by the way. Against such there is no law, it says, verse 24. And those who are Christ, well, we've crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. And let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. So we see this, that she has this spiritual fruit. That she bears that fruit out with her mouth, with, opening her mouth with wisdom. And her tongue is the law of kindness. But then also we see that she has this delivered disposition if we move to 1 Peter chapter 3, last week we looked at 1 Peter 3 verse 7, talking to the husbands. If you back up a few verses, 1 through 4, we see this about the wives. and says this, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. Having this disposition, having this delivered disposition, this countenance, the conduct of their wives that would win their husbands over to Jesus Christ. Verse 2, that when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair or wearing gold or putting on fine apparel, but rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. And what that talks about is making sure that your spirit, that your disposition, that your countenance, that your conduct reflects what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ, so that even if you have a husband and is not a believer, that he could be one to Christ as he watches how you relate to him. Now, I understand. Let him see Jesus in you. And I understand 
that there are times when there is a wife who is a believer and the husband is not. Or there's a wife who is a believer and the husband claims to be a believer, but he is not living this out of bearing the fruit of what it is to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. He's not living that life. He's not loving her like Christ loves the church. And so this passage speaks directly to her. That you make sure that he sees Jesus in you. Let your conduct reflect Christ. And you pray for your husband. And you encourage your husband. And you be the wife to him where you love him, committed to him. And through that conduct, it's very possible that he could be one to Jesus Christ. There have been many stories that have been told about how folks... When one spouse would come to know Christ and because of their behavior, because of what God was doing in their life, how the other spouse came along because of how that person was changed by Jesus. Don't ever say, well, that that might happen for other people, but it would never happen in my spouse's life. I'm here to tell you that God is able to do far more than what you think or ask. He is able still today to change people by the blood of Jesus Christ. People are still being transformed by his power. People are still coming to know Christ who are the hard-hearted people of this world. I'm here to tell you, God is able to break any chain and any bondage. And he can do that in your spouse's life. You live that life out of following Jesus Christ and pray for that spouse to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so this character that you see, say, well, that's mighty tough for me to do, Pastor. I'm not sure if I can do that. Well, you're exactly right. You cannot do that, but it is the Lord who does that through you. You see, he is the power of your life. And so, wife, love your husband with the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within you. We said last week that healthy families come from healthy disciples. And healthy disciples come from having a healthy soul. And a healthy soul comes from abiding in Jesus Christ. You must be in that relationship with him. So, wife, love your husband, but love the Lord first. Love him first and foremost. And as you love the Lord first and foremost, you continually draw near to the Lord. And you spend time with the Lord. And you pray for your husband. And you pray for your family. And you spend time in God's word. And you apply the word of God to your life. I'm here to tell you, friend, that God cares more about your family than you do. So you yield to him. And you cry out to him. And you trust him. And you pray and spend time with him. And he will walk with you through this. Love your husband with devotion, with a delightful diligence, and with a delivered disposition, and so by the power, and do so by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within you. Now, last week, we said, Husband, love your wife as Christ loves the church, gave himself for her. So, husband, your love for your wife is to be a sacrificial love. Remember? It is to be a shepherding love. It is to be a sincere love where you treat her as a precious treasure. And it is a secure love where you are committed to her completely and she recognizes that and she knows that about you. And then today we see wife, you're to love your husband with devotion, delightfully diligent and working alongside him. It is a delight for you and with a delivered disposition that your countenance exudes Jesus in all you say and do. But again, this marriage can only happen as you have a relationship. This kind of marriage can only happen as you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can know that you can have this relationship with Him first and foremost 
as you take a step of faith. You see, all of us are sinners. You're not the perfect wife, and he's not the perfect husband, because none of us are perfect. All of us are sinners, and all of us need a Savior to save us from our sin. We turn from our sin, and we turn to Jesus Christ in humble repentance, embracing, believing with all of our heart that Jesus is God's Son who died on the cross and rose again bodily from the grave. And as we believe that, as we trust Him by faith and profess Him as the Lord and Savior of our life, it's a step of faith that we take. And when we trust Him, he, He comes into our life, and He changes us and transforms us. And the Holy Spirit begins to live within us. And He guides us and leads us to be the husband and the wife that he desires for us to be, so that when people see us, they can see a family that represents Christ and the church, and it points people to him. So one thing to do, just one thing to do, just one, and here it is, respond. Respond. Now, you know, it's kind of fun as you listen to the husband part, because I heard a lot of comments last week, and as you listen to the wife part, you know, some nudging, okay, you need to hear this, okay, no, no, you need to hear this. It was a lot of fun to that, but there comes a time when it's time to get serious, amen? And I'm here to tell you it's time to get serious, because as we come to this time of hearing what God has ordained for the home, homes are in trouble today. The devil is seeking to destroy and to devour this institution, this glorious thing called the home, the family. And if he can put a wedge between you and your spouse, he knows he's got a foot in the door. And so I'm asking you today to make a fresh commitment as a husband or wife. I'm asking you to respond today that you will say, I am willing, that we are willing, the two of us are willing to seek to show each other what it means to be a Christ-loving couple for his glory. That husband, you will say, I know that I'm not perfect, but I really want to love my wife like Christ loves the church. And the wife that you would respond to that by say, I want to love my husband just as the church is to love the, the Christ as well. I want to love him and I want to love her so that we are a team together for the glory of God, knowing that he's the one who's put us together. And so in a few moments, I'm going to ask you to join me. I'm going to bring Angie up here with me, and we're going to pray here at this altar for our own marriage and our own family. And I want you to do the very same for your family, for your marriages. I want you to, and maybe you're here today and you're by yourself. I'm asking you to come by yourself. If you have a spouse that's an unbelieving spouse or a spouse that's just not here today, would you come and pray for that spouse? I'll come and pray for your marriage. If you've got kids... Let me tell you what, it is not too soon for you to be praying for your children's marriage. Pray for your children's marriages. And pray for other, our church families and all the families in our church and all their marriages as well. Pray for that unbelieving spouse. Pray for, if you're single, if you're hoping God's going to bring you that mate. Pray that God will bless you with that mate and that your marriage when you come together. That if you're a woman, that he'll be the man who loves you like Christ loves the church. And if you're a man, that God will give you a wife who will love you the way that's spelled out in the Scripture as the church loves Christ. Serving together, partners in ministry, for His glory. So in just a few moments when we stand up to sing, I'm going to ask you to come. Just come and kneel here at the altar or stand or sit on these front pews. But let's let this be a time where all of us are praying for our families, our own families and other families as well, to lift it before Him
that he would have his way, that we'd be a people for the glory of God, showing people what it's like to be followers of Jesus in our homes. So let's pray. Father, may you have your way in us today. As we come in just a few moments to the altar, yielding our families, yielding our marriages, asking that you would touch each one. Lord, that we would make a fresh new commitment today to be men and women who are after your own heart, to show what it is to be a Christ-loving couple to our children and to the world around us. If there are those here who don't have husbands or, spou- or wives yet, I pray, Father, they come and pray for their spouse, their future spouse. If there are those who have a spouse that's an unbelieving spouse or a spouse that, that is a, not living it out, not all in with Jesus, I pray that you'd have them to come as well to pray for their husband or their wife. We pray for our children's spouses. We pray for their families. And God, may you do something in our midst that we'll know that only you have been here, that you would guide us and direct us to be the people of God, that through our families we can point the world to Jesus. And may you be glorified through it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand and sing, and you come.